Let's talk the recent clinical evidence on blueberries, only here on the People Scientist Podcast. People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 120, where every week I aim to share some scientific evidence so that we can all become a little bit smarter and a little bit healthier with every episode. How are you feeling today? Thank you for welcoming me into your day and allowing me to keep you company for the next 20 to 30 minutes or so. Now, what topic am I going to talk about today? Well, for the last couple of weeks, I've been baking myself these blueberry oat muffins to have with my breakfast, and I thought, hmm, I wonder if there is any new evidence on blueberries. You know, we always hear that quote-unquote blueberries are good for us, but what does the clinical data actually say? So today, let's talk all about blueberries, and I think some of the data might just surprise you. But before we jump into our core takeaways, let's start off with a foregone fact segment where I share a scientific finding from long ago. For today's foregone fact, I bring you the Minnesota Starvation Study that was led by Ansel Keys during World War II in 1944. Now, thousands of men were able to avoid being drafted into the army during the World War because of claiming conscientious objection. In other words, they did not want to kill or hurt anyone. Now, conscientious objectors often belonged to religious groups, and instead they remained in the USA and acted as firefighters, foresters, among other civilian service jobs. Now, very sadly, famine and starvation were occurring globally during the war, and it was unknown how to properly care and rehabilitate individuals that battled with starvation. This is where the scientist Ansel Keys came in. He looked for healthy men to volunteer in this clinical trial of starvation. The slogan for the brochures that he handed out said, Will you starve that they be fed? So 36 men that were conscientious objectors proudly volunteered for the study, saying that they felt this was their way of serving their country in a non-violent way. Now, the main objective of the study was to characterize the physical and mental effects of starvation on healthy men by observing them under normal baseline conditions, then subjecting them to semi-starvation, and then following them under conditions of rehabilitation. Now, this experiment started in November 1944. The men began for three months with eating 3,200 calories a day, which met their energy requirements. Then this was followed by a six-month semi-starvation period, beginning on February 12, 1945, in which they ate half 
their daily requirement of calories, 1,800 calories, every day in order to lose 25% of their body weight. Now, their diet consisted of foods that were likely available to those during the famine and hardship in Europe, such as potatoes, turnips, rutabagas, dark bread, and macaroni. Now, the men were closely monitored and lived and worked on the campus during this time, and they were expected to do 22 miles or 35 kilometers of walking every week. Now, the men lost significant weight over this six-month period. Now, there are photographs available of these participants, and they look considerably malnourished. How difficult this must have been for them. I can't even imagine. But when the men were interviewed and asked about their experience, they said that they felt very proud of their contribution to help those during the war. So after the six months of starvation, then began the three months of rehabilitation to understand how to properly care for individuals that had undergone starvation. This began at the end of July 1945 and continued until October. With VE Day in Europe on May 8, 1945, and the Japanese surrender on August 14, 1945, the results of the experiment were becoming increasingly relevant. Ansel Keys also stressed the dramatic effect that starvation had on mental attitude and personality. And Ansel Keys argued that democracy and nation-building would not be possible in a population that did not have access to sufficient food. That the most important thing is to feed your people. The most prominent finding was the psychological impact of starvation. The participants became aggressive and protective of their food rations. They developed extreme irritability, insomnia, anxiety, depression, and obsessions with food. The refeeding or rehabilitation component was insightful as the scientists learned that providing excess food to someone who has been starving for months can be dangerous and lead to dramatic electrolyte imbalances, vomiting, and intestinal issues. So slow refeeding and building up to the excess of calories was effective and more safe. But even after three months of this slow refeeding, it was not sufficient to bring the individuals back to baseline, that it was important to consider that this refeeding rehabilitation period can take a long time. Now this study, however difficult it was for the 36 men that participated, this information provided really important insight that led to the proper care of individuals that battled with starvation during the war and famine. So thank you to those participants, for they starved so that others could be properly rehabilitated. So there is today's foregone fact. Now let's get into those core takeaways of today's topic on blueberries. Blueberries indeed are rich in different types of antioxidants, primarily anthocyanins. And clinical studies indicate that we do indeed absorb some of those antioxidants, and that eating blueberries has the potential to improve the antioxidant status of our blood. But does that translate into anything in regard to disease and conditions? Observational studies indicate a correlation between berry intake and reduced risk of dementia and heart disease. Intervention clinical trials where they recruit individuals and have them eat blueberries on a daily basis for several weeks have been conducted, and the scientists indicate that yes, eating blueberries every day usually results in some type of benefit, particularly eating one-third of a cup to one cup per day in regard to improving markers of blood vessel health, improving cholesterol levels, 
and potentially having a positive effect on cognition and mood. Now, how about we get into those study details? Cult in the journal Advances in Nutrition in 2020 wrote a great review covering much of the recent clinical data on blueberry intake in humans. They note that even one-third a cup of blueberries per day might make a significant impact on many chronic diseases. It is thought that blueberries are very rich in a type of antioxidant called anthocyanins, which approximately there are 400 to 500 milligrams of anthocyanins per 100 grams of fresh blueberries. Clinical studies included in this review indicate that yes, we do absorb the anthocyanins into our circulation, and that can be absorbed into our tissues where they might have some biological antioxidant activity there. Now, many of these clinical trials looked at different forms of blueberries, for example, fresh, frozen, and even freeze-dried blueberries that have been pulverized into a powder. Now, I suppose the powder was convenient for the clinical trial participants and so was used frequently. So the question is, is there any difference in these different forms of blueberries? Well, frozen blueberries are convenient in that they can be out of season and stored for long periods of time. So are they just as good as fresh blueberries? Well, Poyana in 2010 conducted a study and concluded that yes, frozen blueberries seem to be quite similar to fresh blueberries in regard to their antioxidant amount. If blueberries are frozen and stored in a freezer at minus 18 degrees Celsius for 10 months, they lose only 12% of their anthocyanin content. Now, dehydrating the blueberries with heat can significantly degrade the anthocyanin content, unfortunately. So freeze-drying is a common method used to preserve the antioxidants. If the freeze-dried blueberry powder is stored in a cool temperature like a fridge, that is much better as 50% of the antioxidants can be lost by 139 days if the freeze-dried blueberry powder is stored at room temperature. So now that we talked a little bit about how we may eat our blueberries, let's talk about if there's any impact on our health. Carvalho in the journal Nutrition Research in 2021 conducted a meta-analysis to see if eating blueberries can improve any parameters of the metabolic syndrome. So first, let's define two things here. What is a meta-analysis and what is the metabolic syndrome? Briefly, a meta-analysis is where scientists compile together several clinical trials, all investigating the same thing, like clinical trials aiming to see if blueberries could improve blood pressure. Then, when all the study data is compiled from the various clinical trials, the scientists try to summarize it all into one conclusion. Do blueberries actually improve blood pressure or not? So it is considered a very powerful technique as it puts together many clinical trials. So the scientists here looked at metabolic syndrome. Now this is a condition hallmarked by individuals battling with excess fat around the stomach area, high blood pressure, high blood sugar levels, and high fasting triglycerides in the blood. This combination is thought to put individuals at high risk for events such as heart attack, stroke, kidney disease, and vision problems. As such, special attention is paid to metabolic syndrome and ways to help improve the condition. Now, naturally following quote-unquote a healthy lifestyle is recommended, such as exercising and reducing unhealthy, processed, high-sugar, high-calorie foods. However, if we get down into the details, what exactly is a healthy diet? Can blueberries be a part of that? And can that make a bigger difference? Let's find out. So Carvalho and colleagues in 2021 pooled together 12 clinical trials for this meta-analysis. 
Now, the length of the blueberry intervention ranged from 1 to 24 weeks. Now, how much blueberries did the participants eat? Well, some studies included fresh blueberries, and some studies looked at freeze-dried blueberries that were pulverized into a powder. Again, I think some scientists looked at the freeze-dried or pulverized blueberries as it is easier to give participants a large supply of a more shelf-stable blueberry powder to take home for several weeks, as opposed to having the participants need to pick up fresh blueberries or to have freezer space for many frozen blueberries. So I think that's why a lot of these clinical trials looked at freeze-dried blueberries that were pulverized into a powder. This also might allow the participants to take in a higher amount of the bioactives present in blueberries as the water has been removed in the freeze-dried powdered blueberries. So if the participants were to consume fresh blueberries, they looked at usually half a cup to one cup per day. If looking at freeze-dried powdered blueberries, they looked at approximately 35 to 50 grams per day. Now, the scientists noted that consuming blueberries in its various forms did indeed appear to improve total cholesterol, diastolic blood pressure, that bottom number on our blood pressure rating, and it lowered LDL cholesterol, the cholesterol that has the potential to become oxidized and contribute to atherosclerosis or clogged arteries. So scientists here concluded that blueberries may improve some parameters of the metabolic syndrome. Now how about we go through some of the individual clinical trials, shall we? Well, Curtis and colleagues in 2019 in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition recruited 115 people with metabolic syndrome aged 50 to 75 years old for a six-month-long trial, and they had them consume half or one cup of blueberries freeze-dried, and then those blueberries were pulverized into a powder down to 13 or 26 grams of the powder every day. Or the participants consumed a placebo powder that looked and tasted similar to the blueberry powder. The scientists wanted to see if eating blueberries could improve biomarkers of heart and blood vessel health and the risk for diabetes. So what did the scientists see? Well, firstly, they noticed compliance was high, that participants were 94% compliant with consuming their half cup or one cup of blueberries per day, which is great. Because if we can't stick to a therapy, then it is not very useful, is it? So firstly, eating this amount of blueberries daily seemed feasible for these participants. Second, the scientists noted that the antioxidants abundant in blueberries, called anthocyanins, appeared in the circulation and urine of participants, indicating that we do indeed absorb the antioxidants present in the blueberries. Third, the scientists noted that one cup of blueberry intake per day improved some markers of blood vessel health, such as reducing the stiffness of the arteries and improving how elastic they are. In the participants that were not taking statins to lower their cholesterol, Blueberry intake seemed to increase the good cholesterol, the high-density lipoprotein or HDL cholesterol, by 0.08 points. The scientists also noted in the placebo group a marker of metabolic syndrome, which is CGMP, appeared to increase over time, but they did not see this average increase in the individuals consuming one cup of blueberries per day. So the scientists speculate that blueberries may prevent the worsening of metabolic syndrome. Markers of insulin resistance and blood pressure did not appear to be impacted by blueberries in this particular study population. Importantly, the scientists did not note these same benefits in individuals consuming half a cup of blueberries per day, that it appeared in this study that the benefits were seen with one cup of blueberries per day. So according to this meta-analysis of 12 studies and according to this individual clinical trial, it does indeed appear that consuming different forms of blueberries might have a positive impact on individuals living with metabolic syndrome. 
Now, how about another condition? For example, let's take a look at osteoarthritis. Dew and colleagues in the journal Nutrients in 2019 investigated the potential effect of blueberries on the chronic inflammatory condition osteoarthritis. Now, this form of arthritis is the most common form, often affecting the knees in older adults, and unfortunately impairs walking ability in many. It is thought that inflammation may drive and contribute to osteoarthritis. So therapies like blueberries that might reduce oxidative stress, which therefore might reduce inflammation, might have a potential benefit. So let's see what they did in this clinical trial, shall we? The scientists recruited 66 adults aged 45 to 79 years old that were diagnosed with osteoarthritis. The participants were were required to eat 40 grams of freeze-dried blueberries that were pulverized into a powder or a placebo powder that looked and tasted similarly every day for four months. Now, their methods to test the impact on osteoarthritis included a questionnaire on pain, stiffness, and difficulty performing daily tasks. They also had markers of inflammation assessed in their blood, and they also had their walking assessed by the technology GateRight Electronic Walkway. Now, what did the scientists see? Well, after consuming the freeze-dried blueberries every day for four months, the blueberry group indicated their pain improved by about 40% since baseline, whereas the placebo group noted about a 15% improvement since baseline. So a bit of a placebo effect, but the blueberries certainly had a greater effect. The blueberry powder also seemed to have a significant impact on measures of stiffness, and improved the ability to perform daily activities, as indicated in the questionnaires. Now, some measures of their walking, such as pace with single limb support, seem to improve in the blueberry group alone. Now, surprisingly, many of the inflammatory markers that the scientists looked at in the patient's blood had no statistically significant improvements. So despite not seeing a reduction in some of the inflammatory markers in the patient's blood, there were still significant improvements seen in their symptoms of osteoarthritis. Now, what else might blueberries have an impact on? Well, you know that I always love to tie in the brain and mental health whenever possible. So Trevia in the journal Brain Behavior and Immunity in 2020 wrote a systematic review on whether or not blueberries could impact our cognitive performance and our mood. Now, cognitive performance meaning our memory, decision-making, planning, etc. Mood being our happiness, absence of anxiety and depressive disorders and feelings. Now, the scientists here looked at 12 studies in this review. Nine of the studies looked at freeze-dried blueberries, two studies looked at whole blueberries, and one study looked at blueberry concentrate. The individuals in the studies included children, young adults, and older adults, either with or without cognitive impairment, such as dementia. So what did the scientists find? Well, overall, eight of the 12 studies indicated that blueberry intake in its various forms over different lengths of time in different populations seemed to improve some measures of short-term memory, long-term memory, and spatial memory. Now, this is in line with observational studies showing correlations of berry intake to cognition. For example, in a prospective analysis of 16,000 women in the Nurses' Health Study, Greater intake of blueberries and strawberries was associated with slower rates of cognitive decline in older adults, with an estimated delay in decline of about two and a half years. So this correlation indicates that berry intake may slow the onset of cognitive decline such as dementia, and the intervention studies suggest that this is also possible too. Now, in regard to mood, one study found a significant improvement in positive mood versus placebo. 
However, a few studies found no improvement on mood. So how about we dive into the details of some of these clinical trials? Barfoot in the European Journal of Nutrition in 2019 recruited 54 children aged 7 to 10 years old to see if a drink rich in blueberries could improve their cognitive performance on tasks. There was also a placebo group where the drink looked and tasted similar and had similar composition but did not contain blueberries or its bioactive antioxidants. Now before and two hours after consuming the blueberry drink or placebo drink, the children took part in three exams, one about attention, one for auditory learning, and one for reading efficiency. The scientists concluded that the flavonoid-rich blueberry drink, equivalent to 240 grams or one and a half cups of fresh blueberries, could provide acute cognitive benefits in children, as those who consumed the beverage scored better two hours post-drink for memory and attention. For example, they were about 10% faster in response time and were 10% better in word recall. How about another study? Boosflug in 2018 recruited 21 older adults with mild cognitive impairment. They were to provide 12.5 grams of freeze-dried blueberries daily, or placebo, to the participants for 16 weeks. Unfortunately, no improvements in cognition were seen here. Now, why might that be? Well, maybe 12.5 grams is not sufficient. Perhaps not everyone benefits from blueberries, and the study of only 21 people did not capture responders. So that's the thing is I hope in this podcast to be able to share the fact that not all the trials show benefit. You know, with these meta-analyses, they say eight of the 12 studies showed benefit, but four of the studies didn't show a benefit. And a lot of the times the scientists don't dive into why some of the participants didn't see a benefit. But I think the reality of the situation is sometimes we respond to therapies and treatments and sometimes we don't. And a lot of the time it might have to do with our genetics or might have to do with our history of eating. But some of the studies do show an improvement in cognition, but like this one in 2018, it did not. Perhaps 12 and a half grams of freeze-dried blueberries just wasn't enough, and that's the reason why. How about another study? McNamara and the journal Neurobiology of Aging in 2018 recruited 80 older adults with self-reported cognitive decline. Now, there were four groups in this study. There was a blueberry group, a fish oil group, a blueberry and fish oil group, or placebo group. Now they took in 20 grams of freeze-dried blueberries made into a powder and or 1.6 grams of icosapentaenoic acid and 0.8 grams of docosahexaenoic acid for the fish oil capsules. Now they were followed for 24 weeks to see if any of these interventions improved their cognition. Now the fish oil and blueberry alone groups reported fewer cognitive symptoms, and the blueberry alone group improved memory discrimination, indicating that supplementation improved measures of cognition. However, oddly in this study, the combination of blueberries with fish oil supplements did not seem to improve measures of cognition. It was the fish oil alone group or the blueberry alone group. Now, why might that be? Again, I think simply some people are responders to certain nutrition interventions and others are not. Considering it was 20 people per group, perhaps these individuals in the combination group simply were not responders. Or perhaps fish oil interacts with blueberries in a way that seems to make them less effective. We don't actually know, because the studies as to the mechanism have not been done. And sometimes looking at cognition can be difficult too, because so many things may influence it as well, such as hydration status, stimulant intake from caffeine, etc., so again, some of the studies show an improvement on cognition, and some do not. 
How about a study on mood? Khaled in the journal Nutrients in 2017 recruited 21 younger adults aged 18 to 21 years, as well as 50 children aged 7 to 10 years, and had them drink a beverage rich in blueberries or a placebo drink. The scientists assessed their mood at baseline in two hours after drinking the beverage using a test called the positive and negative affect schedule. In both populations, the young adults and children, the blueberry beverage seemed to increase their positive feelings, but did not influence their negative feelings. It seemed to improve their positive feelings by approximately 20% in the young adults and by about 8% in the children versus placebo and versus baseline readings. Now let's talk mechanism, because if eating blueberries every day might have a benefit on our blood vessel health, it might have a benefit on measures of arthritis, it might have a benefit on brain functioning, how is that possible? Well, some speculate it is due to the antioxidant capacity of blueberries. For example, Kay and Holub in the British Journal of Nutrition in 2002 aimed to see if eating blueberries altered the antioxidant status of patients' blood. So they recruited eight middle-aged men for this study. Now, subjects consumed a high-fat meal and a control supplement that served as the control. Then one week later, they ate the same high-fat meal supplemented with 100 grams of freeze-dried wild blueberry powder. Now, before and after intake, samples were taken and assessed for antioxidant status of their blood using the oxygen radical absorbance capacity assay and the total antioxidant status assay. So what did the scientists find? Well, one and four hours post-consumption of the blueberries, antioxidant status increased by 4.5 to 16%, depending on the assay used. So it appears that consuming freeze-dried blueberries did indeed improve antioxidant status of the patient's blood, which thus might reduce oxidative stress within the body and therefore the associated risk of chronic disease. So that is a wrap, my people scientist army. The most recent evidence on blueberry intake inspired by my oat blueberry muffins that I have been baking lately. If you care to know, I'll share the recipe in the description box just in case you want to give it a try. So the clinical evidence suggests that yes, blueberries are rich in anthocyanin antioxidants, that berry intake is associated with better health outcomes like in regard to heart health and delayed cognitive decline. Now when it comes to clinical intervention studies, they indicate that consuming blueberries, usually equivalent to one-third to one cup of fresh, may have a benefit to cholesterol, blood vessel health, blood pressure, parameters of arthritis, cognition, and mood. So I hope that this episode was interesting for you and that you learned something new today. Make sure to follow me on social media where I share many of the studies I discuss in the week's episode. And I always love to hear from you and I use Instagram the most and will likely see your message if you want to say hi or let me know how the episode positively impacted you. And I'll likely be able to reply to you there the quickest. If you want to buy me a coffee to say thanks for the episode, that would mean so much to me, and you can do so via Venmo or Patreon. The links are in the description box below. I hope you all have a wonderful and healthy week, and I look forward to meeting you back here in two weeks' time for the next episode on the People Scientist Podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates. Thank you.